Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In today's episode, I'm going to explore stealing. So what do you do when your child steals? I'm going to focus for the most part on little kids, so kids under 10. I'll do another podcast at a different time uh, when your kids are older, because it's kind of two different conversations. So we'll focus on when your little ones um, pilfer things, you find things in their pocket, you find things in their room that don't belong to them, what's the best way to handle it, and how to understand what's happening. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Caleri. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So the first thing that's important to understand is with young children, especially between the ages of sort of four and seven, with it really peaking around five or six, um, you will often see lying, as I talked about in the last episode, and stealing. And what happens with stealing is it's very difficult. They have a very strong impulse control. I want that thing. That looks amazing. I want it. The part of the brain that's in charge of executive functioning that really thinks about how is my friend going to feel if I steal this? Or what are the consequences going to be if my mom and dad find out that I took this or my teacher finds out that I took this? All of that thinking is higher order thinking. It's beyond the current event. And kids don't even go there. They look at that shiny thing. It's pretty, it's interesting, it's cool, and they want it. And they have this very, very strong impulse. So what do you do when you find that your child has stolen something? So the first thing we do is we, well, let's talk about what we often do, what parents often do, and how you can do something different. Because if you don't handle it in a really healthy way, it can actually cause kids to just be more stealth, more sneaky and steal in, for other reasons. Um, if you handle it in a really loving but firm way, then you're going to increase the chances that your child will make a different decision next time. So let's say, for example, um, you find something in your child's backpack or in their room and you know that it's not theirs. First thing you do is you mirror, you connect. Hey, look at that cool thing. That's really neat. What does it do? What part of the set is it from? Why do you like that thing so much? Don't even start with, that's not yours. Just literally see if you can get into their world and find out what they think about this little thing. Use the calm technique, especially even if you think they stole it. Um, always use the calm technique. Always connect first. And for a reminder, go back to episodes one and two to really give you a refresher on that. After that, if they're showing signs all that you know that they stole it or that they're, you know, hemming and hawing and they don't know what to say, then you can wonder out loud and just say, you know what, it's really hard when you see something really cool and it's amazing and you wish you had it, or that's the toy that I know you wanted last week. And I said, no. And you kind of get into their world around how hard it is not to have something and what that feeling is like in their body. And then you can talk about the fact that that feeling, that urge gets so big that sometimes you just have to take it to make that urge go away. But here's what happens. When you take something that doesn't belong to you, you're going to get a yucky feeling in your tummy. So you really see if you can talk to them about that feeling, which they may not be super aware of, but it's there. That sort of guilty feeling, that tiny tinge of healthy shame. And remember that healthy shame is actually a really important emotion. Healthy shame keeps us on track. Healthy shame tells us that we're out of harmony, 
with the people we love or with our community or with our friends. And we've done something that puts that in jeopardy and it isn't sitting quite well. And kids don't always know what that feeling is like. So you can describe it to them. It just feels kind of heavy, almost like you feel a little bit sick. And that's your body telling you, you've done something that your best self knows you shouldn't do. And that feeling is actually like a smoke alarm. It's like a little alarm system that's going off and telling you you've done something and you've made a choice that doesn't feel quite right in your body. And that's body talk and get them to see if they can tune into that feeling, then have them sit with it a little bit and ask them what they think they should do. Now, most kids will say, I should give it back or I'll give it back and I'll write a note um, or I'll sneak it back in their desk and they won't know. Um, some kids will be absolutely not. I'm keeping it. <laughs> we'll get to that. Most kids will actually give it back. And so you really want to make sure that they take a really responsible action here and not in a way that's punitive and harsh. You're going to go back and march to that person's house and tell them you, you, you do want them to be accountable and you do want them to own up to it and apologize and take it back. That's actually really important and return the item either with a note or in person. That's very, very important. And they're going to be very scared about that. And they're not going to want to do it, but it's actually a really important part of this lesson. And it's what we want the brain to remember. If I take something, it's never free. <laughs> There's going to be a price. And if I take it, the price is that mom and dad are going to find out and I'm going to have to do some kind of, I'm going to have to make it right. There'll be some kind of restitution. And that hopefully will feel worse than taking it in the first place. And that's how they'll learn over time to make that adjustment with their behavior. But the most important part of this is the feeling in their tummy, getting them to really tune in so the way they can recognize so that way they can recognize when they're out of their integrity and when they're in their integrity. And this is something over time that you really want to be teaching them and really want to be building for them. And also the idea that negative emotions, or they're not really negative emotions, but we'll call them negative emotions for now, like guilt or um, feeling healthy shame um, can actually be in healthy doses um, teaching tools for us. It's information. It's our body telling us something about the choices that we made. And so over time, helping children learn this and make decisions and navigate through life using their own intuition and their own body feelings is actually really, really important. And that's fantastic emotional literacy. It's really good. Um, now with, with stealing, you know, if we can panic as parents and think, oh my God, my kid's gonna end up in juvie when they get older. What kind of child have I raised? I thought I've taught them better than this. So it really is important to know that it's, it's part of, you know, figuring out what's theirs, um, how that works, ownership, perspective taking that when you actually take something that makes someone, it makes their friend feel sad. They can certainly understand if something takes, someone takes something from them, but they have a harder time understanding how that behavior feels towards the other person. And that's part of um, experience and growing up and learning and have some, having some of these hard lessons sometime. Um, I'll tell a quick story. Poor Olivia. <laughs> She's my 18 year old. She She's a little gladiator though. And I say, I, you know, gladiator is such a, I really mean that in the most loving kind of cheeky way. Gladiators are just sassy, feisty kids with a strong counter will. And they just see the world very differently. Sometimes they have a lot of, um, they have a lot of potential. They're incredibly powerful kids, but if they don't learn how to navigate these big feelings and work through these big feelings, they can end up getting in a lot of trouble and having a hard time. Um, so Olivia was about six, I think, and maybe six or seven. And we were at good friends of ours, uh, home and, uh, Olivia took a little pair of tights 
from their daughter's American Girl collection. And Olivia had it in her pocket. And we'd had lots. This is not the first time she'd pilfered. Um, she'd taken something. We've, and we'd been through the giving it back thing before. So I just want to give you a little bit of context for that. So we're in the car driving home. It's about a 45-minute drive back to our home. And Olivia starts, I don't feel good. I have a terrible feeling in my stomach. And so first I checked out and made, you know, make sure it's not that she's actually feeling sick or car sick or anything. And then she goes, no, 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 it's not that kind of feeling. It's the feeling where I've done something I shouldn't do. And so the first thing I did was really praise her for listening to her body. How amazing that she's paying attention to her body, talking to her. What's her body telling her? Well, it's telling me that I shouldn't have taken um, my friend's uh, tights for her American Girl doll. And then she started crying and screaming and saying, take the car back, turn it around, turn it around. I have to make this feeling go away. I have to give it back. So first of all, I love that, that she understood that the only way she was going to feel better is by undoing what she had done and apologizing to her friend. But we were already more than halfway home at that point. So I really had to mirror about that, that it's uncomfortable having that feeling in your body. And it's so hard when you make a choice and then you realize it's the wrong choice and you can't fix it right away. And so I did a lot of mirroring with her, a lot of connecting with her, lots of tears. Um, when we got home, she was able to call her friend uh, and we made arrangements. I think we, so long ago, I think we made arrangements to have it sent back actually. It was like a tiny little thing. So, but I made her come to the post office with me and put a note in the little envelope and we made a whole thing about it. Um, and it was actually really interesting because she had to keep that feeling in her body. It did not go away until we put the stamp on it and mailed that package and, uh, and her friend actually got it. Um, but it was a really interesting um, example of how you use a moment like that to help kids learn. Now, if I'd yelled at her and threatened her and shamed her, what can sometimes happen, especially with children who are, um, you know, gladiators and really strong and have a very strong counter will, is they um, flip it in their mind. You become the mean one. You become the bad guy. You don't understand how much I wanted that thing. And you lose all of that beautiful internal ability to connect with their own behavior, to really make a choice, a behavioral choice intrinsically for the right reasons, instead of, you know, because they don't to avoid getting into trouble or, or, you know, upsetting their parent. It's really helping them understand they don't want to upset themselves by making this kind of choice. So it's, it's hard. It really is hard because it can, you can panic. And certainly if it's friends of yours, it's so embarrassing. And, you know, we sort of, as, you know, as parents, it feels like it's such a terrible reflection on us when this type of thing happens, but it really is more normal than you think. Um, and when you can handle it this way, you, it's actually one or two times that it happens and then it won't happen again. Um, the downside uh, of yelling at kids and, you know, consequencing them and shaming them is that you can just turn them into more sophisticated thieves. They just get better and better at stealing and better and better at hiding uh, what they've stolen. And um, they get less able to tune into their own emotional GPS system that actually tells them if they're on the road or off the road. So that's, this is a really important way to handle stealing. So this is what I would recommend. And also if you see this coming up, um, you know, obviously if it's a trend, if it's happening more than two or three times, if it's really happening a bit, quite a bit, then, and you're hearing about it from multiple sources, then if you can, if that's a, available to you, I really do suggest having your child work with someone, even just for a few sessions, just because it's easier for them to listen to another adult rather than their parent. 
Um, I think that's wonderful for kids to have a person and certainly could be a therapist. It could be a social worker, a psychologist, or it could be just someone doing life coaching. I mean, we do that at Connected Parenting, but it doesn't have to be someone from our team. There's lots of, uh, of wonderful professionals that work with kids. If you are seeing it as a trend, if it's a repeated behavior, um, then I would certainly do something about it. But if it's kind of here or there once in a while and it happens and then stops happening and then happens once more, um, this is really the way to deal with it. And whenever anything like this shows up, as much as you want to get really upset and you want to focus on containment, um, it's actually really important to balance that out with connection and baby play and showing them baby pictures and really kind of upping the oxytocin um, so they feel good, they feel connected, they want all those beautiful reward chemicals to cool and calm down um, the cortisol, the stress hormones in the body. And then it elicits what's called an oxytocin-based response. So instead of grabbing something and taking it and then feeling bad later because that's impulsive and adrenaline-based, they end up sitting there for a minute and remembering, mm, you know what? I don't want to feel bad for days after. This is not worth it. I don't want to have that feeling. And even if it's not such a cognitive thing, it's a body feeling. And they'll have this immediate feeling of like, oh, nope, nope. I don't want to do that again. Um, and that's really great. That That's really the purpose of all of this behavior. So if you can offset it, um, with lots of love, lots of connection, lots of baby play, lots of adrenaline play. Um, there's new behavior that just doesn't repeat itself. And if it does, it's just sort of a retest and then it, and then it disappears again. So this is one of those things that can be really triggering for parents, but it really is quite normal in development, especially around the ages of, of four to seven. And then I promise I'll do another podcast later about what to do when it happens with teenagers or when it's something that's ongoing. Um, but for now, this is just kind of normal everyday stealing. <laughs> so have fun with that. Um, I just want to remind you too, we have our Connected Parenting course. If you want to dive deeper into the Connected Parenting uh, methodology, we've got an online course that just has videos. We have another version of the course where there's a closed Facebook group. Um, and I interact in that Facebook group with uh, video and audio answers and written answers. And it, there's also a coaching call once a month. So I get to talk to everyone in person and answer everyone's parenting questions. We've got the Connected Parenting Village, which is fantastic. It's a once a week membership program where you can join and uh, the Connected Parenting team is on there. At least two people um, are on there to answer questions, to support and guide you. There's an amazing community of people who get it. Um, there's our books. And, and as always, as a refresher, you can go back and listen to the first two episodes of the Connected Parenting Podcast. I'll see you next time.